Chapter 18 Morgan I went back to my room and got drunk as a fucking skunk. I drank fast and hard until all the confusion just melted into a puddle of alcohol-induced numbness. It was cowardly but efficient. When I had awakened from my nap and she was gone, I panicked. It was irrational. It was crazy. But the first feeling I had was abandonment, and it scared the shit out of me. Literally. I had to run for the head where my bowels emptied in a sick rush of watery sludge. I doubled over in the commode, clutching my belly with the pain so intense I broke into a cold sweat. Deep breaths, man. Deep breaths. I concentrated intensely on the rhythm and pattern of my chest slowly moving to my will. It was a technique I'd learned years before from a shrink who told me that it was similar to what women are taught when they go for natural childbirth. I could believe it. If labor was as painful as what my gut did to me during an anxiety attack, I think I'd opt for major drugs. Irrational never grows up. A person doesn't reach 16, 18, or 25 and suddenly wake up and say, Well, gee, I'm glad that's over. There's a process to healing. In my optimistic moments, I believe I've come a long way. In moments of panic, I am 11 years old and the one warm soul in my and Clary's life has vanished. Or I'm 13 and my sister, the best friend I ever had, is gone. I am as scared and stricken with inconsolable grief and loss as a person, young or old, could ever be. It terrified me that Lara could evoke such feelings. She brought me to a place where I wanted her to know me as a better man. I wanted her to see the man hidden inside me. I didn't want to show her the man who postured and pretended to be greater than he was. I wanted to give her the truth. I wanted to be, for her, a man who was all he could be. And I wanted the sum of me to please her, fundamentally and deeply. And when I woke and she was gone... My half-sleeping mind thrust me into the terror so profound it overwhelmed. When I looked at her sweet face in the kitchen, I saw that she was ready to understand anything. She was there for me in all the ways a woman could be there for a man. She had given me the precious gift of her body and her expression told me that she was more than ready to give me the rest. Her trust. Her affection and yes, most likely her heart. I felt like an ass for pushing her away. Make that a childish ass. A damaged child and certainly not the man I wanted to be. It was cowardly not to trust her when she was so clearly worthy of that trust. So I ran away and hid in a bottle of vodka and left her to do whatever it is girls do when a guy does a number like that on them. It never mattered before with anyone. If I gave a girl the later babe I'll call routine, there was a very good chance she didn't give a rat's ass whether I did or didn't. Everyone played the same game and the rules were pretty much understood by all the players. When the alarm woke me the next morning, the fog of the hangover I so deserved lifted just enough for me to drag myself to the table in the dining salon. She brought me a cup of coffee and I couldn't meet her eyes. 
I had a vague understanding that Richard was already setting the lines and there was a faint possibility that we might get lucky and hook up. For the first time in my life, I wished it wouldn't happen. I wanted to crawl back into my cave and hide. Laura eyed me warily and tiptoed around. She was walking on eggshells and didn't know what to do with me. I knew it. I just didn't know how to make it right. What kind of small talk do you make when your special hell is swirling around your head and you can't make sense of it yourself, let alone share it? Breakfast? She ventured. Not just yet, but thanks. I wanted her to stop being so nice. It wasn't her fault I was so fucked up. I was giving her every reason to believe that her first instincts had been right about me. I was a mistake. But she didn't know why.